Welcome to the Pretty Powerful Podcast, where powerful women are interviewed every week to share real inspiring stories and incredible insight to help women or anyone break the barriers, be a part of innovation, shatter the glass ceiling, and dominate to the top of their sport, industry, or life's mission. Join us as we celebrate exceptional women and step into our power. And now, here's your host, Angela Gennari. Hello, and thank you so much for being here. This is the Pretty Powerful Podcast, and I am Angela Gennari, and I am sitting here with Miss Jenna Banks, and I'm super excited to have you here today because you have an incredible story, and I feel like we are living parallel universes because you have a brand that is very similar to what I'm doing, and I absolutely love that because I think that you cannot get this message across enough that more women need to step into their power. So welcome, Jenna. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here with you, Angela. <laughs> Well, let me tell you a little bit about Jenna. So Jenna Banks is a social entrepreneur, real estate investor, author, speaker, and self-love advocate. Against all odds, she pivoted from the self-loathing survivor of a traumatic childhood and a nearly fatal suicide to a fully empowered woman who knows her worth. Following her passion for entrepreneurship, she started a home-based business with just a GED, $400, and a laptop. She sold that business in 2019 for $500,000. That's incredible. Having achieved business success, she's now focused on her mission to fulfill what she sees as her ultimate life's purpose, helping women embrace their value and power through self-love. Her upcoming book, it titled I Love Me More, How to Find Happiness and Success Through Self-Love, just released March 8th, 2022 on International Women's Day. Congratulations. Thank That's you. amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. So tell me what inspired you to write the book. I mean, writing a book is not an easy task, and I'm sure it has probably been on your mind for a while because I know that that's typically how it goes is that we say we're going to do it someday. So what happened? Where where did that where did that come from? I'm actually kind of fortunate in that uh, I was inspired to write the book and then it I actually ended up writing it like a year later. So it. the gap wasn't that long. Yeah. It was actually the time. I knew the time was now. Right. And um, I'm very spiritual and I felt like the universe was supporting me in getting this message out now and then COVID hit. Yep. Absolutely. So what inspired it is um, you know, I took for granted the journey, the long, arduous, tough journey, the battle that I went to, to get from this self-loathing place mm -hmm. that I was in, this lack of, of self-worth, no self-value to a place where I love myself more than anyone else. And that I could truly say, I love me more, which is the title of the book. Absolutely. Um, and I just had taken that for granted. So I went out to dinner with a friend of mine one night after breaking up with a man that I was really, really in love with. Mm -hmm. And I had broken my own heart. Mm. to choose myself. I was in a lot of pain, but still empowered because right. it was only a few weeks before that I had broken up with this gentleman and I'm explaining it to her. And I really think she wanted to get us back together. She's like thinking, I will convince Jenna, like, you know, just mend the situation. She wasn't thinking of this whole, like, I love me more concept. She didn't even know of this way of thinking that I had. So I explained it to her. She's like, why, you know, why did you do this? And I said, well, I, I love myself more than I love him. Mm -hmm. I wasn't getting what I needed. 
I wasn't feeling valued. I had to value myself and love myself more and choose myself and walk away from that situation because I didn't think he was capable. I knew he was and I gave him every opportunity and I wasn't getting what I was needing. Right. And she couldn't understand. And and that part really intrigued me. I was like, I don't understand how you don't understand. And in a, in a uh-huh. sweet way, I was like, okay, let me, let me do my best to try and explain it. And I tried to do it in our dinner time together. And I thought I did a good job. Right. Come to find out, she still was kind of baffled by it, but she was thinking about it, thinking about it, processing it. And a few weeks later, she, um, she calls me. She's like, Oh my God, Jenna, I got it. I right. get it. I get it. <laughs> That's amazing. I love me more. She's like, I just broke up with my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. She hadn't been dating him that long, but he mm-hmm. had been treating her pretty badly. Um, not, not outright badly, but in the way that a lot of us experience as women, especially when you're just dating maybe a few months, mm-hmm. the cryptic text messages, the waiting, is he going to, you know, call me? Is he not? Oh, and the excuses and all the, just all the anxiety and the not feeling good and not feeling worthy and worthy of his attention. Does he like me? Does he not like me? We, why? Like we yeah. don't, is if, he aloof because he doesn't like me? Is he aloof because he's busy? Is he busy? Is he not interested? Is there somebody else? I understand. I mean, I get it. Dating is so hard and I, I agree with you. It's so hard to understand our value yeah. in that because yeah. so, so, um, so much, you know, we're taught it, it's, um, how we, you know, we serve others and we give them value, but yes. we don't ever own that value. We feel guilty, right? So we feel well, guilty for taking our, our own. In that situation, she was actually looking to him mm-hmm. for her value, right? Does he value me? Does he find me worthy mm-hmm. and hanging on him to give her her value? Wow. Yeah. And what happened was she realized it cl- what clicked for her was realize she realizing she wasn't valuing herself by looking to this guy for her value and by also allowing this situation in her life. She's like, I wasn't, she goes, I get it. I wasn't valuing me. Like I was this third party in the mirror. So I needed to love myself more and call it off because this guy was definitely not capable of valuing her. And it was very empowering for her. Yeah. And she goes on to tell her friends about this and then they call it, I love me more. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so then she's like, you know, Jenna, it would be really helpful to understand how you got to this place. How did you get to this place of choosing yourself more than anyone else, like loving yourself more? And I was like, okay, well, all right, let me think about this. And then I started journaling and then I was like, oh my God, there's something here. And if I could help one person and her friends, what, you know, it's like, this is such a powerful thing. And us women, we need this knowledge. We need this. We need to be in our power, right? Right, We were talking about the word power earlier. I know. And and I think power is a word that we need to use more in our our, um, language because we don't use that when we refer to women, right? Mm. We, We might say confidence, but rarely do we say powerful. And I think I love that you also have powerful as part of your branding too, because I... I want that to become part of our regular conversation. And, yeah. and so I love that. Um, I think that there's a lot of opportunity for, for us to grow in this particular paradigm shift that we're in. Oh, I love it. Yes, you have to think <laughs> of my language. Yes. So, yeah, I think that there's so much to, to do and say. And so, mm. you know, I love that you've built a brand around empowering women. You too, um, by the way. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a, you know, I feel like there's, there's, so much room for for more women to step up into this. And I love to see it. And I think we should promote each other and and just, 
you know, maintaining that conversation and making sure that conversation is constantly happening because for too long it has not happened. So I love that you're out there, you know, um, with your brand out there telling people you are powerful, you are worthy, you, you know, step into your power and, and make sure that you're owning your, your success. And Thank so you. that's amazing. Yeah. That's what powerful. So the brand is powerful women. Yes. It's uh, I launched it on March 8th, international women's day, the same day that you launched this podcast. Yes. Powerful though. The word I'm using is powerful F U L L as okay. in full of our own power, the power that we as women have been conditioned over thousands of years to give away to everybody else without knowing our own value and our own worth. So our power has value. I like to say your love is your power. Mm -hmm. It's really good to put it in that context, which is why I'm all about self-love. You can give that love or your power away to everyone else, your boss, your kids, your husband or partner, everyone, your family, mm-hmm. and give it away freely as we've been raised to do, which there's nothing wrong to give, but when you, to give in that way, to give to everyone else, we should be doing that. But when you don't give it to yourself oh, yeah. first, first, that's the key. You first fill up what I call your power container to power full. That's why it's powerful women. We need to be full of our own power. And then we give from the full power. Well, Because when you have a full cup, you know, just like if you're on an airplane and they say, put your own mask on first before you help others, because you can help more people if you yourself are taken care of. Right. right. And so, but our value is always dictated by what we give to others as a woman. Right. So nobody says what a good mom she spent the day at the spa. Right. What a good mom. She's out there writing a book. They say, what a good mom. She spent the whole day cooking and cleaning. And you know, like that's where our value is. And and it's not fair because when that's our value is us constantly giving to others and we're not doing self-care, which you are such an advocate of. And I love that. Then we don't have as much to give. That's right. And then we also worry about what others think, right? It's that, that and guilt and all these other things that keep us in this in line, right? We think, oh, someone's going to judge me if I go to the spa and take some me time. This is what I'm supposed to do. Or I was never modeled that by my mother um, Mm -hmm. or my grandmother or whatever. And so this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And if we don't do what we think we're supposed to be doing, we feel guilty. Correct. Yep. And I have also found through research that guilt, actually, this is really powerful. You know, I'm all about shining a spotlight on these unconscious social norms, this Mm -hmm. old conditioning that we just kind of run around this program with in our head and never question. Right. So here's a big spotlight that I'm going to shine right now. Guilt, y'all, doesn't necessarily mean what you think it means. Right. Guilt, we think, means, means that we're doing something wrong. Right. Right. That we're going against a moral code, that we're being bad. Guilt drives a lot of our behavior, especially as women, which by the way, I've discovered through research, there's there's studies on this, go look this up online. I think there's a Harvard Business Review study on this, that men experience guilt very differently than women do. Okay. Tell me about that. So men will experience guilt. And this is most men, by the way, I'm I'm painting with a very broad brush here. There are exceptions to the rule in some of these cases. However, even some of the most empathetic men that I know I've asked, and this is true for them too. Right. Men will experience guilt for the most part if they do something against themselves to okay. harm themselves. Like right. I drank too much. Drinking and yeah, eating. Uh, yeah. Oh my God, I drank too much. Why did I do that to myself? Women, on the other hand, will experience guilt when we feel or worry that we're hurting someone's feelings. Wow. Okay. Um, and what we'll do is we'll also turn it into what they call toxic guilt, which turns into shame. Mm. 
And then Mm. we start beating ourselves up and then we turn it into anger against ourselves. Right. We beat ourselves up over this guilt and, um, come to find out what guilt actually is. And I believe most psychotherapists will tell you this is true. This is how I learned it is that guilt actually doesn't necessarily mean you're doing something wrong. It actually means you're going against a pre-programmed behavior. Wow. Interesting. A conditioned grooved path that we're used to running. And when we get off that path, we feel guilty. Mm-hmm. And guess what we do when we feel guilty? It's uncomfortable. So we go right back on the path. Absolutely. And yeah. we repeat patterns. We repeat right? the pattern. And I think, you know, when I got divorced, that was one thing that, you know, it, it killed me because I felt like I hurt so many people in, you know, wanting a divorce, yeah. but I was so incredibly unhappy. And the guilt that I carried with me for years, just, I maintained a toxic pattern of, of, you know, I got to put it back. I got to put it back. I got to put it back. And it was, it was not healthy for me. It was not healthy for anyone I was in a relationship with. And it wasn't until I finally said, you know what? I deserve better than this. And I'm a better person now. I am a more whole person now, uh, because I've, I've, I've forced myself to own, you know, what I've done in the past, but also to recognize that it was a pattern that wasn't serving me and I needed to figure that out. And so it's really tough, though, as women, because it was everybody else that I was hurting. I was relieved. I was finally happy. I was finally feeling like I was doing the right thing for myself, but I carried guilt for years because of it. Years. Think about Mm -hmm. all that wasted energy. Yes. Because that's what that is, is draining what I call our power container. We have these drains that just drain our power. That mom guilt, it drains us. Yes. We need women to be powerful. Absolutely. Full of our own power so we can give more. It's doing nobody any good to drain ourselves of our power. I 100% agree with you. I love that. Um, And I think a lot of people on here are listening and thinking the same thing. You know, how many times have I been guilty for something that was making me happy and I needed for myself in that moment? And you have another thing that you have um, in your repertoire of, of your brand, and it says, stop saying I'm sorry. Yes. Oh my God. I love this so much because I literally had this conversation. I am, I lead a women's small group for my church. And every time one of the women speaks up, she says, I'm sorry if I'm taking up too much time. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry if this, I'm sorry if that, I'm sorry if we went over, I'm sorry if I'm, if I'm in, inter- I'm sorry if my story is going on too long. And I'm like, stop apologizing. Mm-hmm. That's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. And, but it's, it's that way in every circle, right? Mm-hmm. For women, we apologize to each other. I'm sorry. I'm late. I heard something and I thought this was brilliant. Instead of focusing on, I'm sorry, be thankful. Thank you for waiting instead of I'm sorry, I'm late. Right. So thank you for waiting. Um, and so that way you're not, you're not stepping into the, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, you're, you're owning what it is and you're thanking the other person and being grateful for, you know, their patience. So it comes back down to power again. I love that you're bringing this up because, oh yeah, be in your power. Don't let that drain of, I'm sorry. Let me shrink myself to right. small so that I make you feel better. Again, that's us women trying to make you feel good. Right. Us worrying about how you feel. And we're going to make ourselves small to right. do that. Right. It's just an old pattern. Mm-hmm. That's another spotlight. It's like, hey, guys, let's 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 break this pattern. Now, I've noticed because I'm hyper aware of this now because I wrote about it and I talk about this a lot. And I'm like, I've noticed some guys kind of taking that on, too. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Which I never used to see that before. But occasionally it's almost like it becomes like a how are you? 
you know, that, mm-hmm. that like, hi, how are you? You don't really mean, how are you? But it's like a reflex. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, everyone else is saying sorry. So I might as well say sorry. But like, it's not a good thing. Nobody right. should be, we should not be apologizing. Well, here's the, where it really, really, I want to help someone. And I, I have to hold myself back. It's like I live in a building where there's an elevator and like oh, mostly women do this. I don't tend to see men doing this. Is they'll walk out of the elevator and just say, I'm sorry for walking by like having to to move. Right. To walk. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. And they're shrinking themselves. And I'm like, no, please don't do that. Why are you sorry right. for being here? Right. For existing, for, for taking up space. Yeah, right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. So, and then you're talking about, um, what it feels to level up in life and, um, you go into this, I think on Instagram, I was reading this and I think that this was so powerful because you said leveling up as a woman feels uncomfortable, yeah. right? It mm-hmm. feels, and, and you said, a. a term that we use frequently on this because it's come up in every single podcast mm. so far. It feels like you're an imposter. Yes. Imposter syndrome. Yes. yes. So imposter syndrome is something that I think women, um, we face a lot in the boardroom. If we're, if we're in a career, um, I think that we get into this idea of, do we belong here? Yeah. Am I fitting in? Am I accepted? Am I, am I, you know, in the wrong room, do they feel like I'm worthy to be here? And so imposter syndrome, I think, is something that we deal with quite a lot, Mm -hmm. especially as we're moving through our career. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you said it feels um, how talk about a little bit about what leveling up feels like. That's a very, um, you know what? I think you're the first person to ask me this. Um, uh, yes, it is. It's so important. Um, I felt, okay, I'll give you an example of my own story. Uh, just writing this book, right. For example, my first book I've never written. As you mentioned earlier in my bio, I have a GED. I barely went to high school, let alone college, you know? In fact, I remember, I remember feeling like an imposter going through corporate, just trying to work my way up and prove myself and Mm -hmm. feel worthy to be there. I was like, oh, they're using these big words. I don't know. Oh my God. All right. What is that word? And I'd literally be like looking it up online Mm -hmm. afterwards, write it down. Okay. Nefarious. Oh, that's my, (laughs) so like I learned my vocabulary, like in the world, real world. But like, um, so you can imagine going to write a book that people are going to read. Imposter syndrome came up. And I'm like, as I started researching for the book, I'm like reading all this great stuff and I'm comparing, which Mm -hmm. is, by the way, we should never, ever do that. Right. I had to learn that lesson the hard way comparing, oh my God, these people write so good. I'm never going to write like that. I'll never write like that. I should just give up. Right. That's where the imposter syndrome comes in when you start comparing. Right. And I had to get over that to get to this point where, look, I've got a book out. I mean, that goes to show you. I mean, this book is was featured in Forbes recently. It's wow. been on ABC, NBC. I mean, yes, it's it, it, this is a necessary book. And I could, yes. could write a book and I could mm-hmm. get a message out there worth reading and all of that. I had to move past that imposter syndrome. And that is another norm that I think needs a spotlight because the more of us that know that this is normal, Right. You're going to feel when you're doing something new, like an imposter. Yeah. Work through that discomfort. Absolutely. Get to the other side. Keep it's going to feel chaotic, uncertain. You're yeah. going gonna, gonna to feel out of place. You're yeah. going to feel like, um, you know, you're going to question your worth. You're going to question, you know, do I belong here? Mm-hmm. And the the key is just push through, push, push through, through and, mm-hmm. and you will get to the other side of that. Key is follow your heart. 
Absolutely. Now, if it doesn't fit with your heart and you're doing it for material reasons, right? because so-and-so is doing this and I want to get $10 million or whatever, if it's not what your heart is telling you, mm-hmm. then yeah, that's going to be difficult. Absolutely. But if you're driven, you want to be the best rap star in the world, you want to be a mogul, a real estate mogul, do it. Like if your heart is driven, do it. Like don't worry about comparing and other people and all of that. Absolutely. And you were talking about being spiritual earlier and I very much am too. In fact, crystals outside in the yeah. floor. But I'm the same way. And I, you know, my mother is very spiritual as well. And so, you know, when when you're doing what the universe wants you to do or what God wants you to do, doors will open and things will be easier. And we were talking right before the podcast started about, um, you know, you said you're supposed to be doing this. I said, because, you know, I'm normally like, you know, running up to the finish line, (laughs) you know, and everything is very last minute. But with this podcast, everything has happened so seamlessly. And some of these incredible women like yourself that I've, you know, said, oh my gosh, this woman has a story. I need to hear it. Everybody needs to hear it. You know, the doors have opened and you have embraced this idea. And things are moving so much faster than I ever imagined that they would. And I think it's because this is what the universe said. Yeah, you're on the right path right now. Let's keep going. Let's keep this moving. And so the the only hurdle that I've faced so far is me. Mm, it's yeah. me. It's my confidence. It's the mind. Uh-huh. It's me saying yeah. I'm not ready. I'm not worthy. I'm not confident enough. I'm going to stumble over my words. I've never done this before. I don't know the technical version. Like I, There's so many amazing million a million different things that prevented me from doing it for a while but here yeah, we are yeah so. do it scared yeah right do it you scared, just gotta do it scared. Do it fearful. Just do it though. That's the key. Because like you said, if this, I was just having this conversation earlier today, uh, this exact conversation about just, I knew it was, I was supposed to be doing this. The universe, yes. God was giving, opening all the doors. Once I started going down this path, yeah. um, it, it just knew I was on the right path because all the doors started opening for me, all the connections, all these, uh, just when I'd start to wonder, and then it'd just be like, Oh, here's another door for you, for you. That's open Jenna. And I was like, that's it. I don't question it. I know this yeah. is my path. I know I'm supposed to be doing it when it's in the flow and you're supported. God supports you. Universe supports you when you're on your path. Then you just, you just have to do it. Balls out. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I can say that word on your podcast. Yes. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, and what I love is you just said flow because you know, a body emotion stays in motion. Thoughts in motion stay in motion. You have to take that first step, right? Yeah. Because every when we're saying do it scared, what we're saying is the doors may not be open right now. Yeah. You may not see the path yet, but you have to take that first step. Yeah. If you don't take the first step, flow can't happen. Doors can't open. You know, nobody's going to come knocking on my door, right? That's and right. saying, hey, here's an opportunity. Sad, you need to take just it. Sitting there in the yeah. hall, at the couch watching television. No, mm-hmm. it's not going to be happening. So right. I was literally just having this conversation earlier today. I don't know if you know Mike Dooley. I do not. He is really, he's on the Hay House publishing imprint. Okay. Um, but he's a great spiritual teacher, guide, whatever you want to call him. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I One takeaway, if I could give you from what he says is in yeah. line with what we're talking about. He says, literally, it's like a GPS. Okay. You literally just set your GPS to your destination and say, okay, like I want to have the best, like top 10 podcast in spirituality, whatever it is, set your GPS and then don't worry about, am I turning right? Yes. Am I turning left? Yeah. Are we going to have a detour? Right. That we're right. Gonna, don't worry about it. Just right. get in the car. That's the only thing you have to do. Get your car in your car and pull out of the driveway and just start driving. 
Yeah. You know, it's, I love that because when I started my company, I own a security company and we do security and event staffing. And everybody would always say, how did you get into, how did you get into security? I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> it was never the, it was never the intention. Yeah. It's just, that's the way the universe led me. Those are the doors that opened. This was the, these were the signs I was given in some way or another that this is the path I needed to be on. And it happened that way. Did I ever intend to start a staffing company or a security company? No, never. So what never. was your GPS set to? I'm curious. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, I wanted to own a business that respected its employees, mm. um, that gave them value. I, I wanted to have a company where I had employees and they didn't feel like this was the black hole of their career. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to provide continuing education, continuing Giving training, back, helping yeah. others. Mm-hmm. I wanted to um, to elevate the standards in the meetings and events industry where it came to staffing. And really, it wasn't about having a staffing company. It was how do we raise the standards? And there was mm. nobody doing it. And so I said, you know what? I think I need to start creating my own. Mm. And so I I just started pushing and it, it resonated with, with our clients. But it was never my intention to own a security company. And so like you were saying, set the GPS, mm-hmm. say, these are my ultimate goals. Yeah. My ultimate goal is to have a company that I'm Races, um, you know, change and mm-hmm. raises a standard and and elevates hospitality because I had gone to a football game downtown Atlanta and I remember going in and the staff just seemed very aloof, uncaring. They didn't seem very professional and I just thought this is not the way we need to represent Atlanta. Like we need to do better than this. Yeah. And so that's when I decided I was going to get into the security realm because I said no, this is this can't be the way. You know, we embrace visitors to our city and I love Atlanta. And I love what we've built here and I love the tourism and I just thought we could do better. So that I think is really important when you note there, you didn't have a clear direction, you knew, but you knew the direction. You just didn't know it was a security service. You didn't know the details, but you knew that you wanted to help people deliver something beautiful for people. And that I think is also key Mm -hmm. is when we are in service. Yes to right. others, then the universe will support you. Absolutely. 100%. If my goal was, I want to make a bunch of money, I could probably go do that, but I don't know the doors are going to open mm-hmm. the way it was. Mm-hmm. My my goal, my ultimate goal was to provide an amazing guest experience for visitors to Atlanta, to provide a, a platform for employees to be able to learn and grow within their within their community and their company. And so those are my goals. And that's why the universe opened up doors. Right. Not because I wanted to make money, million dollars not or, because yeah. I wanted to have X, Y, Z clients. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's the difference is, yeah. you know, and, and when you're talking about setting a GPS, you're so on point with that, because if you get caught up in, I need to take step A and yeah. then step A, step B, step C, step, it, it, it doesn't go that it way. It doesn't work like that. And then you become shattered mm-hmm. because you think nothing's working out. That's right. Because you think, well, this isn't the way I had planned it. <laughs> right. And that's why you can't worry about the directions because you don't know what's ahead. No. There might be an accident ahead mm-hmm. that the universe goes, ah, we've got a workaround for you. Yeah. So if and you, it's going to lead you better things. That's right. Yeah. No, I yeah. love it. I think you're so on point with that. So thank you. So tell me, how did you get here? Because I'm so curious about your journey because, you know, with your, you said you had had a rough childhood, right? Yeah, and yeah. so, and then here you are at 18, where were you at 18 years old? Mm-hmm. What would you say to yourself then and say, okay, listen to me, Jenna, I need you to know, I need you to know this is what's going to happen. What would you say to your 18 year old self? Um, I would say that don't worry about it and just be you because 
I feel like it's, that's a hard age, right? 18, we're, we're comparing ourselves to everyone and worrying what the future looks like. And I was suicidal up until, you know, almost 18. So I didn't want to live. That's what a lack of self-value and self-worth that I had. Mm. But like, I think what's really missing right now, and it's getting worse, not better. And we need to get to, we need to deal with this now, or it's just going to keep getting worse because we, our suicide rates are going up and people are more depressed than ever and relying on substances to feel better, um, is that we need to understand that everything we need is inside of us. Yes. Everything, Mm -hmm. our self-worth, everything, it comes down to self-worth, self-value, self-respect, Yes. uh, self-reliance. It's all about self because everything stems from self. If you cannot forgive yourself, you will Mm -hmm. not be forgiving of others. Mm -hmm. If you can't respect yourself, others won't respect you. If you have no value, you're not going to get paid a lot because you're not going to reflect the sense of self-worth and you're going to get paid like, you know, ish. So you need to, Mm -hmm. you need to, it starts with you. And mm-hmm. it's not about giving outside of you. It's not our worth is not find, found in uh, pleasing this person, doing this, uh, wearing our pants down below our butts or, you know, putting these huge fake eyelashes on. That's not going to make us more worthy. It's mm-hmm. not going to ever make you feel better. Right. I'll guarantee you that. Mm-hmm. And what's the next thing? It's always, oh, well, then I got to get the lips done. And now I got to get the boobs and I got to get all these things. Those are fine. That's fine. I'm not saying you shouldn't do those things if that's what you feel like doing, but you're never going to find your happiness or your worth in any of those things. No. And you do it for you if you want that for that's yourself, right. but right. never do it for anyone else. That's right. Never yeah. do it for anyone else. Never do it for anyone else. If somebody says that you have more value because you have, you know, this body type or this body shape, get rid of the person. Yeah, because not- <laughs> I'm a believer in keeping up with appearances. Right. I do all this, like a lot of it. I don't do all of the extreme stuff, but right. I certainly like to look good and feel mm-hmm. about good about how I look, but I don't derive my sense of self-worth from that. And that's yeah. where the powerful idea comes in. Mm-hmm. That's why it's such a powerful concept is because our real beauty, our real power is within. It's none of these things. We could take all those things off of our bodies right. and still feel Powerful because the power comes from how you feel about yourself and that's it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You want to know that you feel good about the person in the mirror, not because of the way you look, but because of how you feel. I'll give you, okay. I love that you bring up the mirror thing because Mm -hmm. this is something that I paid attention to a lot. I'm a very introspective, kind of a deep person. I reflect on a lot of things and I remember the times I didn't like what I saw in the mirror had nothing to do with my eyelashes or makeup or anything Mm -hmm. like that. It had to do when I was giving up parts of myself. Um, in relationships that weren't serving me. And I would look at myself, I go, why don't I like what I see in the mirror? Mm. I don't like this. And I don't like this. And then when I'd say, my God, Jenna, you look amazing. You're beautiful. Those are the times that I was really fully in my power. Oh, interesting. I when love that. I chose me and made my happiness, my number one priority, when I was at that pin, the pinnacle of that, when I reached the pinnacle of that, mm. I loved what I saw back with me. And you know what? It was well into my forties when I really achieved that pinnacle, I'd say. So it's weird to believe wow. that I feel like I look my best at my later yeah. years in life because that's when I feel my most powerful. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you probably were dealing with insecurity and am I worthy? And it's hard to look at yourself and appreciate who you are when you're having those internal dialogues. Yeah. When you're giving up all Mm -hmm. your power to everything outside of yourself. And that's why I like to call it powerful. It's really, I think, important for us as women to reframe what powerful is 
for a woman so we can mm. own it and say, I am powerful. I don't say it in a way, it might sound narcissistic or something to say that. So I want to make sure that I clearly, you know, give that, that differential because power in our minds, uh, especially as women, what we think of the reason why we shy away from power is we see it as a masculine trait. Yeah. Absolutely. Like yes. having power over other people, being mm-hmm. manipulative, um, being aggressive. Yeah. yeah. And, and so we don't that. want that. We don't want right. that. And of course, if that's how we associate power, we're going to mm-hmm. run away from that. And that makes sense. But we need women to be powerful. Mm-hmm. If we don't own that, we're going to stay in this imbalanced world that we're living in right now, where only 8.1% of Fortune 500s have female CEOs, yeah. where, uh, you know, over half of all the entrepreneurs, over half worldwide are women, yet only 2.3% of female uh, owned companies got VC funding. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the highest it's ever been was 2.7%. The highest it's ever been in history, and that was in 2021. That's crazy. sad. That's it's sad. sad. It's and sad. only of all businesses that make a million dollars or more, mm. only 1.6%. Seven or 1.9% are women owned. See that? So, not, you know, mm. that's not, that's not okay. It's not you know, okay. it's not okay for the resources, the, the permission. And this is mm-hmm. another thing I think it is. I think it's permission because I felt like I was going against the grain as I'm building my company, yeah. as I'm reaching those levels of like, you know, the million dollar mark and everything else. And you're the only I, woman there, right? And like, I yeah. felt like I was doing something wrong. Yeah. Like I'm going against the grain. It was like, well, how did you get here? Yeah. Why, you know, and they shouldn't be surprised Mm-mm. seeing a woman here Mm-mm. versus a man here. It, it shouldn't be a surprise, mm-hmm. but it is because it's so rare. But this and that's is the not reality okay. of the world that we're living in. And I don't think most people understand this. Right. We right. live in the world with our blinders on. Oh, well, this is we're better now. Right. We're better. Everybody keeps saying, well, I thought we were pretty equal equal at this point. Well, no. women are, you know, I, I hear all kinds of stuff about, you know, women are on lots of board of directors and executive roles. And I'm like, in what industries? Mm-hmm. Healthcare, mm-hmm. you know, Cosmetics. and yeah. Mm-hmm. What industries? Retail? Nursing? I mean, tell me, mm-hmm. yeah, tell me what industries those women are in. And yeah. I, and I can promise you, yes, I, I understand it because yeah. that women are very, very essential and dominant in those industries. Mm-hmm. But what about the industries where women are not essential? Banking. Are dominant. Venture Excuse capital. Me funding the pla- the power yeah. house places right. right exactly and so you know there is still a huge discrepancy mm-hmm. about where where are women now where could we be yeah. and where is our value because our value is in all of these places mm-hmm. you know in technology in innovation and in growth in funding in finance you know when when you have a woman run company on wall street it mm-hmm. actually performs better than yeah. a male run company more profitable actually too yeah. happier people more profitable yes people and women tend to look at it and they see a big picture mm-hmm. more than you know the the next task at hand they're able to look at the community effect mm-hmm. of things they're able to see how you know our actions are going to impact others mm-hmm. you know we have we have empathy we have a lot mm-hmm. of things we have a nurturing um sense about us yeah. that really looks after everybody in an organization, not just the top tier. Yeah. And I think that's what makes organizations stronger when women are at the helm. I love that you're bringing this up. I also want to bring up though, that just because there's a woman doesn't necessarily mean she's going to bring that 
feminine, yes. empathetic style of leadership. So I think someone listening might, right now might say, well, you know, I've seen the opposite. You know, I'm in a, sure. I was talking to someone recently who comes from the cosmetics world as she saw a lot of the masculine power, power over people that made women seem like bitches. Mm-hmm. And that's that old stigma that is exists for a reason because we've only known this masculine way of doing things for so long. Yeah. We have to also at the same time learn to br- embrace our feminine side, stop trying to fit into the male mold. Right. We um, don't, yeah, we don't have to do business the same way they do business. We don't. Well, and here's another thing is I think women need to step up and support other women more yes. because I was actually talking to a male friend of mine and he was telling me that there was a woman in power at where he worked. Mm-hmm. And every time another woman would come in and threaten her position or just be, you know, just look up to her for guidance, mm-hmm. she would, she would somehow sabotage them mm-hmm. until they mm-hmm. left. But with the men in the organization, she was, she embraced them. She mm. wanted them to keep moving forward, but she wasn't threatened by them. She was threatened by the other women mm. that were coming into the organization. And that's where I feel like we need to, we need to do better as women. So I love that you're bringing this up. This is part of what my powerful women events and all of that is all about, about redefining yeah. what power is for a woman that includes supporting and lifting each other up. Did you yes. know, again, let's try to spotlight on another so- social norm if you don't okay. mind. I'd love to. All right. When guys <laughs> meet each other, I don't know if, you know, if this is only in the South, so anyone listening right now, if you're not in the South, I'd, I'd maybe write in to Angela and let her know if you've experienced something different. But um, guys here will definitely be like, like, Hey dude, what's up, bro? I experience this all the time where I ask for help at the hardware store and right. a guy's like, uh, feels like obligated to help me. And he does so kind of unwillingly where then my boyfriend walks up and he's like, Hey dude, what's up? What's up, boss? It's an instant bro club. Meanwhile, with us women, Mm -hmm. and I am not one of these women, but maybe back in the day I was, is we tend to uh, look at each other and it's like size each other up, Mm -hmm. judge each other, maybe behind a fake smile. Absolutely. But it's like, what's she wearing? Her skirt's too short. She's sharing too much cleavage. I don't like that lipstick she's wearing. You know, uh, what's that guy? He's too good for her. Like, it's just catty, whatever. And when we do that to each other, we are not helping each other's cause. No, no, we're not. We are not. We are not. And, and, or they'll go behind their back because they're somehow threatened. And mm. so they might go to their boyfriend. Oh, you know, I've heard things about her. And, you know, the, they will start demeaning the other woman and the other woman has done nothing to deserve it. And so yeah. here we are again, tearing each other down and not yeah. building each other up. And that's part of the reason why I wanted this is so important is what you're doing is so important because this, this loving yourself, this building each other up, supporting other women and what we're doing, it's not, um, I had a guy come to me and said, well, you know, I I don't think um, (laughs) his comment to me, and you'll love this. You know why you're single? Because you promote women too much and you, you don't, you don't appreciate men in your life. And I'm like, "Mm." he's like, you don't need a man in your life. And that's why you're single. (gasps) And I was like, he did not. Oh my God. So, so he said that, and it just made me laugh because I said, you can be pro woman without being anti man. Yes. You can you can absolutely be, you know, love men for who they are, mm-hmm. but also love women for yes. who they are. And yeah. I said you don't have to be one or the other. You can't you can choose 
both. You can say, I think men are amazing and I think women are amazing and I'm single because I want to own my own power and because I'm comfortable Mm -hmm. and I don't need to be in a relationship. If I'm in a relationship, it's because I want to be in a relationship and in no way will I tolerate anything less than what I deserve in that relationship because I know my value and Mm -hmm. and what I bring to the table and I'm not going to tolerate anything less. That's so good. And so anyway, I just thought that was hysterical. There was a video that came out recently another podcast and I forget, I wish I knew the guy's name is hot right now because he said the same thing. He's like, well, if a woman is successful, mm-hmm. she doesn't need me. I don't, I don't want, I don't want her in my life because right. you know, what do I bring into the table? And it like, it really created, a, <laughs> it stirred everyone up and it's all over the place right now. But right, um, right. yeah, it's so true. Um, but I love that you're like, look, I'm happy single. And I think that's really key. And I talk about this in the book is that you cannot look to others for your happiness. No, you have everything you need to be happy on your own. We as women need to get comfortable with being whole on our own. We are whole, complete people on our own, whether or not we're married, whether or not we have children or ever do. It has nothing to do with that. We can be whole, complete people on our own. And when you do finally meet someone, they add to your wholeness. Yes. Therefore, you will never be looking to them to make you happy. You're making yourself happy. What I found is that a lot of women will get married. I know people like this, got married and then looks to their partner. Now, now you're my other half and now you need to make me happy. Right. And they gave up all the things that they used to do. That made them happy. That's right. Yes, I know. Yeah. Everything that you had as a passion or a hobby, now you've put aside because you put all of your, the other person is now responsible for your happiness. Now they're responsible. And that's not okay. And this is why relationships tend to not work out Mm -hmm. as great as they'd hope because they're like, but I was happy. I was so happy before. Why did you give that up? Keep bringing your whole happy person to the relationship. Don't look to your partner to make you happy. When you start taking responsibility for your own happiness, all that other stuff works out. You stop putting pressure on them. The arguments start to stop because now you're making yourself happy. And guess what happens when you become full of your own power because you're making yourself happy. You're giving yourself your love. You're filling up your power container. You become radiant. Yes. And it's like a magnet. Mm-hmm. You draw the love to you. Now your partner's like, baby, hi, honey bunch. You want to go out to dinner? Mm-hmm. Like all the things that you were trying to pull out of them that they stopped doing, they're going to give to you because they want to be around that. You right. Know? They, they want to be-, be around that energy, yeah. that energy of owning a power, being, yeah. you know, confident, being independent. And and there's nothing wrong with being independent in a relationship. No. You know, no. I want to have my own hobbies and my own passions. And it's okay if you do too. And it's actually necessary. It's, it, it's what creates that fulfillment, yeah. right? Because if I'm relying on somebody else for my happiness and they're busy working and they're busy traveling and they're busy doing this and following all their passions, and I'm like, but what about me? Yeah. Then then and then I you follow no onto their myself. hobbies. You're like, well, let me tag along with you because I want to spend time with you. No, no, no. Both people need to be having their own hobbies yeah. and whole people on their own yes. and then come together. Yes. I mean, uh, Jada Pinkett, Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith are 
just the epitome of this. They talk about this all the time. I love their story. I love their marriage. And Mm -hmm. they're whole happy people on their own. And then when they spend time together, they get to come together as these beautiful, whole, happy people together. I love it. Well, and I I say to people, I'm like, I'm only going to be in a relationship when it's one plus one equals three. I love it. Where I am whole and he is whole. And together, we are better together Mm. than we are independently. And that's it. If it's not one plus one equals three, I don't want it. Love it. I love it. So tell me about a time you stepped into your power and what that meant to you. Mm. And tell me about a time you've given your power away. Mm -hmm. You know, I could tell you about the early story of me stepping into my power, but I'm going to leave that for anyone who wants to explore it in my book. That was when I was 14 and I chose to leave my father's home. That was really the first time I felt I was stepping into my power. And it was a big, Mm. big move. Very scary. It's scary to face that fear when you're oppressed and dominated and and it's scary. But you, when you finally get to that point where you do it, it feels so good. Yeah. It feels so good. You're like, yeah, I don't care what's on the other side of this unknown. I feel great. And that's your power coming back. Um, but another, a more later example in my life was when I left co- my corporate job because I was yeah. in a very comfortable six-figure salaried position where I could have stayed the rest of my life, really great mm-hmm. benefits. But my uh, my energy, my power container was low because I was not happy there. I wasn't mm. feeding my soul. It was time to leave. And my instinct was pulling me out. And um, I just didn't understand this, the signals of my body. My, yeah. my power container was telling me, you're not happy. Like, make yourself yeah. happy. And I didn't know what that meant. Mm-hmm. But I acted on it. I finally acted on it and quit. And I had nothing in the queue. I had no other job. I didn't know what I was going to do. But had I not done that... I would have, but I I felt good. See, that's the thing. I want anyone listening right now to know, like, when you face a fear like that, you make your, you make the choice for your happiness. At first, it's scary, but when you do it, if you feel great after making that decision, that's how you know it's the right choice for you. And you might not know what's on the other side of that decision. I didn't know what was on the other side, but here I am, however many years later, and I could have gone down that path of misery and giving my energy and power up for money. Absolutely. Because that was a price tag on my power. And that, that's a, that's what we do. We we trade our power for a paycheck mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. And instead, I went on to buy real estate in Atlanta. I started my company for 400 bucks, you know, and sold it for half a million dollars cash. Amazing. That allowed that. me to go on and do now this next venture, which is, you know, being a social entrepreneur, giving back, going on my, what I feel is my life's purpose now. This is why I'm here. I believe on this planet is Mm -hmm. to give back in this way and help empower others through what I've had to learn the hard way. Right. Right. That's why I put this in my book. And that's why I knew how to write it. It's like, ah, now I understand why I had to go through all this. I get to help save some people from some of the the trauma that I had to go through and the the hard learned lessons so that they can, you know, and I'm not saying you're going to have it easy, you know, and and I do want to mention real quick that self-love and self-care are are so different. Self-love is sometimes painful and uncomfortable. Self-care is the the fluffy stuff that we do to like go to the get spa, our hair done. get our hair done. Spa. Self-love mm-hmm. can sometimes be difficult. Like we talked about guilt, you know, going through those uncomfortable situations, breaking your own heart, leaving toxic relationships. Yeah. That's the deeper work that I get into in the book. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I think everybody should read it for sure because I think that that would really change some people's lives. And I'm so proud of you for doing Thank what you're doing you. because I really think it's amazing that you're out here inspiring women and empowering women. And I think we need more of that Thank in the world. So, um, so tell me, what do you wish more people knew? 
Uh, that self-love is not selfish. This oh, is a big I love one. This yeah. This is a big one. Yeah, self-love is not selfish. This is what the dialogue that runs around in our head is old conditioned programming from our mothers and grandmothers and all that. Oh, if I put myself first, that would be selfish. If I make my happiness my number one priority, that's narcissistic. Mm. It's actually the best thing you can do for yourself, your family, your partner, mm-hmm. your bo- everyone around the planet. Right. It's not selfish, y'all. It is so necessary. Yes. And when we can get over that old conditioning and programming and realizing that putting ourselves first is absolutely necessary and vital, we're going to benefit everyone around us when we do that. And when we can break these patterns of the things that we were shown by our mothers and our grandmothers and be that example for our children, hmm. we can break this pattern. Yeah, It starts with us. Mm-hmm. And pouring from a full cup is a lot easier than dripping, you know, what we have left. And so I think that that's uh, a powerful message. So thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Well, thank you for coming today. I'm so, so happy that you're able to spend some time with me today. And I know that our listeners will really appreciate um, everything that you've had to say, because I think that the message itself is something that every woman needs to know and men as well. And and I think, you know, I'm, I think the the biggest surprise about this podcast is how many men are are listening to it and saying, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. And, and I think, you know, they have embraced it equally um, with women. And so I think that that's been, um, a nice, pleasant surprise. And I know that this podcast will really resonate with them. So I hope so. What your words that you've, you know, your, your message, I think is one that um, if we if more people knew it, they would not feel so uncomfortable and stepping in their power. So thank you for that. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me here today. I love this conversation. Is it really already over? I (laughs) I could do this for longer. (laughs) Thank you so much. And um, I hope everybody has an amazing day. Thank you. You too. Thank you for joining our guests on the Pretty Powerful Podcast. And we hope you've gained new insight and learned from exceptional women. Remember to subscribe or check out this and all episodes on prettypowerfulpodcast.com. Visit us next time. And until then, step into your own power.